I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it, so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Welcome back. Welcome back. I am here with Hope Zvara. And like that name is just fun. Like that Zvara. I feel like it could be very sexy. It could be exotic. I think there's a lot of things around there. I probably shouldn't go in that direction, but that's not what we're talking about today. But Hope actually is the CEO of Mother Trucker Yoga. Mother Trucker. Mother Trucker Yoga. And we're not swearing here. Um, and which is so interesting because she also teaches people how to improve their signature talks and create keynotes and whatnot. And so I know she's helped a lot of businesses grow their businesses. So the fact that she has her own company and does has done so many other things to help businesses shows that she is truly an expert. So yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, where we're going to talk about how to get known for something and why that's so important. Stay in your lane. So tell us a little about your story and how you kind of got there. And then we'll segue into that. Yeah. When people uh, hear that I'm in trucking, usually the response is, are you a truck driver? Uh, and I'm not. I am not a truck driver. I do not have a CDL. Uh, maybe one day in the future with one of the schools I work with, I'll go ahead and do that on my bucket list, let's say. But um, I really got my start in the yoga world. I always tell people that yoga found me. I didn't find yoga. I was struggling uh, with addiction and anxiety, depression. Uh, I always say, why do one thing when you can do them all? And uh, <laughs> I'm totally all or nothing. Like That sounds right up my alley. And I was just struggling to find something to help me. And I don't want to say that the people around me gave up on me, but it was kind of like they didn't know what else to do for me. And then one day at work, I was working as a lifeguard at the time as a uh, older teenage teenager. I think I was maybe well, senior a lifeguard with addiction. Yeah, was yeah I struggled with the eating lives. disorder. Um, I start. I'm not not alcohol at that time, but um, and started with an eating disorder, anxiety, depression, and uh, I was a kind of overcompensating extrovert to try to make up for that and uh, really good at everything, you know, that I was doing externally, but I was struggling massively internally. And someone at work one day said to me, you look like someone that would practice yoga. And then she walked away and something in me just kind of was like, you should practice yoga. And full disclosure, I don't even think I heard the word yoga. I'm from a small town in Wisconsin. Um, I had no, 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 I hear that in your voice. Yoga. <laughs> But I found a class in a neighboring town and I showed up. I was half the age as everyone in the class, but something happened that day in that yoga class. And when I walked out of the door, I had felt something I hadn't felt in years. My mind was clear. I was calm. I felt at peace. And that Wednesday night yoga class became my weekly ritual of second chances. And eventually um, that led me into recovery. But that also led me to open my own studio and kind of create a community that um, I was thirsty for. And I started a yoga school and I ran that for almost 10 years. But I always felt like that wasn't where I was supposed to be. I was good at it. I had a great following. I had spoke on all the big yoga and fitness stages. Um, I had a great reputation in, in my area. That wasn't the problem. Paying all my bills, you know, living a great life in, in what I would think is a great life. But I felt like there was something out there more for me. And 
Then five years ago, I was at a local business mixer here in my small hometown in Wisconsin, and I start talking to this guy. I'm trying to pitch him corporate yoga because that's what partly I was doing at the time. And he looked at me and said, do you have anything for truck drivers like in the cab of the truck? And I think I'm funny sometimes. And I threw up my hands and I said, mother trucker yoga. (laughs) I'm just trying to get a rise out of this guy. And he looks at me and says, that's brilliant. You want to go into business together? And we shook on it. The next morning, he called me up. No we had way. built a business from scratch in four months, launched at the biggest truck uh, trucking event here in the U.S. And then a year later, I bought him out of the business because I kind of was doing everything. And the last five years alone, we've helped over 200,000 drivers change lanes in their health and fitness, all based on small, simple changes. And it was the same concept that got me into recovery. It was the same concept that had helped me and allowed me to help thousands of people in the yoga world. And uh, now I'm just, I'm helping drivers do the same thing. So it's exciting. And I'm just, I, I like details sometimes, but I'm just curious. So how they're driving in the air, how do they do this? Yeah. So this always makes for a great conversation. Um, we are not doing yoga out in the trucking parking lot with our yoga mats, doing warrior two. Um, but really what I'm teaching drivers is kind of the breakdown of what it looks like to live an active, healthy lifestyle. So there are many things that I teach them that they can do safely while driving, um, whether it be, you know, how to stretch out their lower back with pelvic tilts or um, rolling their shoulders, twists, uh, different breathing techniques for them when they're stressful mm-hmm. or stressed. Uh, things they can do in their sleeper, which is their bed in the back of their truck, stuff that they can do discreetly while filling up with fuel that looks like they're just tying their tennis shoe, um, just really practical things to help catapult themselves into a healthier lifestyle where they once thought were barriers. And this really kind of stems from how I got into recovery because I felt like everything else everyone was telling me were these big looming concepts that was just like, yeah, that might be easy for you, but have you ever been an addict? It's not that easy. And this like whole breakdown step-by-step approach, tiny little, little things was really what got me into recovery and helped me get into recovery medication free and stay there and feel the, what be in the place I am today. I've taken that into how I teach health and wellness uh, and yoga for that matter, and kind of breaking it down, making it less scary. And it's been working. Awesome. Well, let's get into like this known for stuff, because I think that's really scary for people. And I don't know, you know, it sounds like you took a risk, but someone was also there to support you. And I would say, just like people were saying, you know, easy for you to say kind of thing. It's like, well, that sounds easy. Yeah. If someone came up to me and maybe I had nothing to lose, I don't know what, what, where you were in your life at that point. And you came up with this idea and I don't know if he supported you financially or if he was just like, what's your idea? Let's flush it out and let's do this. But I think people are really scared to pigeonhole themselves and say, this is what I do, or this, I only do it, even niching. I don't even talk a lot about niching or even target marketing. We have an idea of cloning your ideal client because truly like it's very scary for people. So how, I mean, I guess not just how did you do it, but also how do you teach people to do that when there is a lot of fear around um, kind of planting your flag or staying in your lane? Well, I think first of all, I mean, I, I did not come into mother trucker yoga with thousands and thousands of dollars in my bank account. I mean, I had a nice, I was, I was paying all my bills. I had a successful business, but it wasn't like I had this huge reservoir of, of money just to be like, yeah, what the heck? Let's see what happens. Um, and neither did he, but mm-hmm. we both saw that this was a feasible idea. Once we started looking at the market, he was in trucking. Um, and I was not, but I was in, you know, yoga and in, in this, this fitness space and, and kind of doing this 
in what I saw as the connection um, in small spaces, in corporate, chair yoga, things like that. I saw the adaptation and both of us had the mentality and maybe it's a personality thing. What do we have to lose? For mm-hmm. me, in my mind, I was like, well, what's the worst that can happen? It goes, it doesn't work. And I stay running a yoga studio and teaching. I ran them both simultaneously for about nice. two years before I let go of the yoga studio. Um, and I was like, okay, now I really need to jump in and, and do this full time. But this idea of kind of niching down, I fought, I fought for a really long time. Cause I thought, how am I ever going to make a living just helping truck drivers? Like the panic set in, <gasps> but what about my moms? What about people in corporate? What about, you know, the plumbers? What about, you know, and that's like, you start having this like anxiety of missing out on those opportunities. But my mentor, I was very grateful for him. And he was just like, hope, you know, trust me, you just, you have to pick. And what I was doing before wasn't getting me the results I wanted. I wanted to get to the next level and I couldn't get there. And so my whole motto when I started Mother Trucker Yoga was I was going to do things right this time. So I put my blinders up and I was like, I'm only going to speak to truck drivers. I'm only going to talk to truck drivers, everything I do in social, everything I do in my languaging, on my website, like I'm not going to broaden outside of that. I mean, there's, you know, 3.5 million truck drivers in the U.S. and I think over seven, you know, globally, there's not a shortage here. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's not like I'm, you know, trying to go after a population of three. But in that process, something really cool happened. The more I only talked to them, the more other people started coming to me and saying, can you help me too? Mm-hmm. Two years in, or it was like a year and a half in, I had an association of security guard officers say, oh my gosh, I heard you speak. And could you help my security guard officers? They're not driving, but they're standing all day. And then I got to decide if I work with them or not. Right. Last year, a pilot's organization of 400 pilots came to me and said, oh my gosh, what you're doing is amazing. Did you know that pilots and and truck drivers have the same DOT medical examination requirements? Can Mm -hmm. you help us? I got to decide. And that's the beauty. And that's when you know you've niched down the right way. People start coming to you and you get to decide. And that's what's happened to me. So is there like a step-by-step process of how you do this? And I mean, I... I'm assuming I would teach it quite differently than you, but I'm, there's a lot of similarities, I would say for sure, because here's what I found too with with the women that I work with is that when, you know, we even have language of like, typically I work with, and we say typically, because instead of saying like, I only work with truck drivers, it'd be like, typically I work with truck drivers, but you're talking to them directly to them about them, their challenges and the results. And then people are like, oh, I'm not a truck driver or I'm not divorced, but can you help me? Because like they resonate with the same problems and the results. So I would imagine that's similar with because like pilots and these other type of communities going up to you like, hey, we have some similarities. We have the same type of problems. We want the same things. And so can you help me? And it, it immediately establishes credibility when you plant your flag and you say, this is who I work with versus I work with anybody and everybody. I remember I taught that system to this one woman and, and she's like, I don't know why it's not working. And I'm like, well, let me hear it. And she's like, okay, typically I work with, and she went through this process and the process we teach is like, typically I work with, you know, insert the person um, who have the challenge of what are the challenges specifically that you can solve? And then I help them. What are the results? And, and, and then, so she said that, and she said that, and she said that, and she's like, but you know, I can work with anyone. And I said, 
whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Did you say that? Did you say that? She's like, yeah, I mean, not always exactly that, but something like that. You know, I can work with everybody. And I'm like, stop. You completely said, basically, I am credible. I am credible. I'm super duper credible. Just kidding. I'm totally not. Uh, just can you throw me a bone? I'm desperate. You know, so um, I I would assume you found that as well, but I would agree with you. But how, how do yeah, how would you say is there a system that that those listening can kind of follow to do that? Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, you know, take the mindset of exclusivity when like Tickle Me Elmo, when I was in middle school was, was crazy. And you only knew there was like a thousand that were being shipped to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Everyone was like, oh my God, I need it, I need it. Even if they didn't have a kit, right? Like they were like going gaga over it. So kind of staying in your lane and niching down creates a little bit of a sense of exclusivity and people by nature don't want to be missing out. Like they don't want to be left out. We're pack animals. Like there is something called FOMO. Like it's a real thing. I have a lot of it. Yes. Um, But also, like you said, it's being super clear on the problem you solve. And one of the things that I've recognized working with thousands of businesses and and speakers is that when you ask someone, what's the problem you solve? Most of the time they're talking actually about the result. They're like, well, I help people with weight loss. I'm like, well, last time I checked, weight loss is a good thing. Well, I help businesses make more money. Well, last time I checked, making more money is actually a good thing. And so it's about connecting with your audience or with your client, with the problems in the language that they use that are looming around in their head right at this very moment. And so if it's around this idea of weight loss, is it the fact that they can't lose the last 10 pounds or that they hate the way they look in the mirror is that their jeans don't fit? As professionals, because we've crossed the finish line, we adapt these like fancy words and this fancy language. And we're so excited about it. It's like, you have imposter syndrome. And the person on the other end is just like, no, I just don't believe I'm good enough. And so why not use those words? Connect with them while speaking directly to them. And they're going to actually come to you and be like, wow, can you help me? That's exactly the problem that I have. And at the other piece then is too, is are you offering what they want? Like, are you giving them what they want? And this is one thing when I stepped into trucking, I did my research. So to those of you listening, do a little research on the people you want to serve. How can they digest or how do they want to take in what you're offering? Drivers are driving at all times of day. They they have the ability to do things, you know, at a moment's notice, but then they might not for hours later. So having like a traditional coaching program is not ideal. So I knew right away I needed to create a membership site with videos that were very short, three to five minutes long. So they're easy to digest because they don't have a lot of time all the time, but give them quick wins that they can access from anywhere. And so we created an app. So that it's even easier for them. So they don't have to worry about logging on and websites and all of that. So I did a little research to figure out how do they digest content the best? How do they take in stuff like this? And I created something around that. So for those of you listening, what you like might not be what your clients like. And that could also be a barrier to you kind of getting in your lane, getting the clients you want, getting noticed, but also getting the income and the customers that you've been waiting for. And how about like, let's go back a step because what you're talking about is what, you know, we, we, we outside of the industry, because I feel like within the financial industry, they don't talk about this, but we refer to as messaging. I mean, you're also talking about how they digest content, which is more the deliverable, but the messaging you're talking about, like really understanding the problems that you solve and using their language is so huge. Cause I talk about this all the time with, with financial professionals. It's like, they're talking about, you know, rolling over the 401k or they're talking about, um, you know, withdrawals or distributions. And you're like, 
dude, people aren't talking like that. Like that's not what they tell. My biggest problem is I don't know what my withdrawal strategy is going to be. I don't know what distribution I'm going to take from my, a new, from my FIA, you know, which is. I haven't thought about the general generational income level of my family right now. Like that's, that's how professionals, that's kind of the finish line, which I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, But going back to the starting and meeting those people where they're at, is really a game changer in growing your presence, your audience, staying in your lane and getting people, like you said, to like, know, and trust you and believe that you're the expert because then finally you're the first person that is speaking to them. It's like, yes, you can help me with my problem. Even though, you know, they need all that other stuff. Wait until they're working with you to like, give them all that stuff. Like wait, just wait a little bit longer. And you're going to notice that those relationships build that much faster. But how do you pick? Like, because I keep thinking that if you know who it is that we can do all those things, but like, how do you figure out who that is? Do you just say, well, again, I I feel like I have to be secretive about my system, but like, but I'm I'm, I'm trying not to like, not give it away, but just like, I'm curious because there's more. As, what is it the saying they say there's a thousand ways to skin a cat it's a horrible yeah. saying it's a really bad saying it is a little um, bad of a visual <laughs> like when you think about um, it I'm like I should not say that um but yeah there's many ways to do it but do you have a specific way that has worked for you I mean you just kind of met some dude and he's like hey let's got any ideas about this and you're like let's do it but well I think what, for a lot of business owners or a lot of people growing their business or wanting to step into a new business um one the lowest hanging fruit I'm good at a lot of things I can help a lot of people. Um, I didn't develop my business and speaking coaching business at the same time I did mother trucker yoga. I wanted to, I was like, man, I could really help people with this, but like I had to get credibility somewhere else in order to leverage that, to do this other thing. And so what's the lowest hanging fruit? That's the first thing. What's the audience that you can most easily step into? Oftentimes it can be who you are. When I started speaking, I was speaking to stages on recovery and stages on grief because my husband and I lost our daughter. I could relate with those people. I knew I could help them. I used my yoga strategies, my meditation strategies that I used in my life. And I taught them those and I gained credibility as a speaker. And then I took those skills into other areas. And so for those of you listening, what's the lowest hanging fruit? Maybe that's the audience you currently are. Like you are that person. You've become that. Now you're going to turn around and help other people. You lost 50 pounds. Now you want to help other middle-aged women lose 50 pounds whatever that is. So that's kind of step one. And then really from there, it's like, how can I, or where can I go with this? What can I develop? That's the easiest and that they want. I made the mistake in the yoga world. I went and created like 11 different courses. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I'm going to create all these courses. It's going to be so great. And here I made all these programs and no one bought them. Why? Because I was making programs for me. I wasn't making programs for them in the way they wanted them. And that was a huge mistake, a huge time suck and a huge expense. So you got to know your client, know the ins and outs of them, do the research, look at other people in your space and see what they're doing, how they're doing it, how they're pricing it and ask people. That's the other big thing. I was not afraid when I started in trucking to ask drivers, what would you like? What are you currently seeing in the industry? Do you like it? Is it working? How would you do it differently? I wasn't afraid to ask. Some people see that as a weakness. Oh, then you're going to be seen as somebody that's not an expert. Oh, oh, oh honey, you got it all wrong. That's the opposite, when I right? ask my clients, when I ask my drivers, whether they work with me or not for feedback, they become loyal to me. 
They feel like they're a part of my brand, a part of my mission, a part of my message. They become even more loyal. Now I have raving fans. And I wish someone would have taught me that years ago because I was too guarded. I was too secretive. I was keeping my stuff too quiet. And that was hurting me. Yeah, that's great. And I think also, I I don't know if it's just me, but I think as women, especially like we have this tendency to be concerned about doing it wrong or making the wrong decision, like as if we can never change it. Like you said, I got nothing to lose. Like I can try this and you planted your flag and you're like, now I started to post on social media, on my website, all these things. And so what, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, besides time, energy, effort, like, yeah, that matters. That matters. And then if, but I think it's most women and most, maybe most people, but I think women especially are like concerned about what is, what, what is everybody going to think? Mm-hmm. Like if I start this project or if I, you know, say I'm working with this person and this is the the target market and then it doesn't work out and now I change it. Like, what are they going to think? What are they, you know, I, it's going to show that I failed or whatever. Like, we're just so oh, worried. I thought that about- way too many times in life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually halted me and it's usually me overthinking what I think they think but it's all based in my fears. It's based mm-hmm. in my insecurities. It's based in my shortcomings. And I'm projecting that onto them almost like to safeguard myself. One of the mm-hmm. things I try to do every mm-hmm. single day is to look at myself in the mirror. When I go to bed at night, I kind of reflect on my day and I'm like, what can I do better tomorrow? Like I kind of take inventory of myself and I always pointed the finger at everybody else that they were the reason why I didn't succeed. They were the reason why I was stuck. And one of the most empowering things I did for myself personally and professionally was point the finger back at myself, you know, okay, why am I not getting this? Why is this person not calling me back? Why did I not land that stage? You know, why aren't enough people enrolled in my group coaching program, whatever it is. And if I first take inventory with myself and I'm able to be honest, usually it's because I dropped the ball somewhere. Because I have, I have too many irons in the fire and my efforts are diluted. Or quite frankly, because maybe I really don't want what I say, keep saying mm-hmm. I want. And mm-hmm. I haven't been honest with myself about it. And that strategy, if you want to call it one, has also allowed me to move forward faster because the buck stops with you. I have a little sign over my shipping desk over on the other side of my office that says 99% of business problems are personal problems in disguise. And that's mm-hmm. to remind me that me. It's me. I'm mm-hmm. the one in the driver's seat. I'm the one that's running this business. Like I, I, I have to take responsibility. And man, when you do, it's an empowering experience. Yeah. I, I definitely, I feel like I put so much attention on working on myself and I don't also, you know, just like you, I'm not necessarily, I, I think it's easy to look at yourself in the mirror and say, why didn't that work? And then blame yourself and go down this rabbit hole of how much you suck. And I think that's very dangerous. Um, but understanding with empowerment, like you said, of like, uh, I think Lisa Nichols said this to me is like, your, your business can, your business growth is a direct reflection of your personal growth. Like your business can only grow as much as your personal development. And people and don't see that connection. People don't, people so don't see separate. that, but they don't see that and they don't want to see it though, because it's like, Oh crap, I can't blame the world. I can't make excuses. Like I just have to change me. And I think it's hard. Like I, I've listened to so much law of attraction stuff and I'm totally into that type of stuff. But then when you're in it, like when you're in the, what I call it the swamp, like it's like deep, you can't see, you have no visibility, you got leeches on your face. And you're like, man, like this just sucks. It's really hard to be like, yeah, but I'm going to breathe. Like you're, like you're talking about with little yoga techniques, the little tiny things, like I'm going to breathe through this. I'm going to focus on the fact that like everything always works out. Like I can kind of get there, but 
I also have to get through the anger, you know, and one of the things I've also found is like when I try to curb it and just Tony Robbins myself out of it, like, you know, in a heartbeat, like, okay, no, I'm not actually anxious. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm calling it anxious. I guess Mel Robbins says that too, but it's like, no, I'm freaking anxious. Like, okay, how long do I want to stay anxious? Like, um, two minutes, like 10 minutes, 22 hours. Okay. Like if I want to like go dig myself into a hole and like feel anxious or mad or, or upset or depressed or whatever, like sometimes I'm just like, I gotta feel like this. I, I have this conversation with my You have CEO. to go through the feelings. You have to feel the shit yeah. and then cut yourself off. It. I mean, I used to beat yeah. myself up for weeks. Uh, I, my very first blog post I ever wrote was on mind, body, green. And in there, I was mind, body, what mind, body, green, the website, green. Mind, body, yeah, oh, mind, body, it. green, like the color. Okay. Um, and I wrote on how to do chaturanga correctly. And in the copy, one of the spaces where I wrote the word chaturanga, which is kind of a screwy word, I missed an A. And one of the comments, there were hundreds of comments from people going, this is the amazing blow. Oh my gosh, this is great. I've never done this before. I've, this doesn't hurt my elbows anymore. And I had one comment that says, oh, and you call yourself a yogi. You can't even spell chaturanga and just ran me through the ringer. I did not sleep for a week. I was like, oh my gosh, I suck. I should never do this. I should just like curl up and die. I should just stay a yoga teacher and no one know about me. And like, I beat myself up for a week. And then like three weeks later, someone on Facebook messaged me and they're like, Hey, it's from, I don't know, Virginia or something. I read your post on mind, body, green on Chaturanga. And I got to tell you, I saw the comment from such and such. I know him. He's a, I don't remember the word he used. It was like, he's like a leech or like a piranha. He jumps yoga studio to yoga studio and leaves bad reviews about everybody. Like he's dropped out of teacher trainings, multiple, like he's bad news. Don't, don't worry about his comment. And that really stuck with me. And it reminded me of a valuable lesson that I try to remind myself of now years later. And it's that one, you got to go through the feelings. But two, a lot of times, those are all opportunities for you to learn. What that taught me was hope. If you really want to go to where you say you want to go, there are going to be haters. And you got to learn how to deal with this. This guy was online, but wait until it's the guy in the audience telling you that this is stupid. Or it's the person that's, you know, writing all over your social media that you're a fake or a phony or what, like, how are you going to handle that? And so it, for me, it was like, okay, yeah, you got to go through it. But then, you know, if you can't get through it, maybe what you say you want isn't really what you want. And these are just things that I've learned for me to ask myself um, in that process and in that journey. But it's really helped me build strength and confidence because confidence comes from action. It's not a feeling. Mel Robbins, right? Um, and you have to take the action step. So wherever you are in your life today, whether it's like refining your audience or it's uh, getting on a stage, like you got to actually do the action to figure out if you're even going to feel those feelings in the first place. Right. And mm -hmm. then deal with them as they come having strategies in your back pocket. I have stuff. I have alarms on my phone reminding me to drink water. It sounds like a water uh, on a faucet because <laughs> the alarm triggers me and makes me feel uncomfortable like a normal alarm. You know, I have stuff on my phone that lights up and tells me to remind myself of posture. Like these are all strategies. These are all tools to help me. So in those moments you were talking about, I'm not frozen. I'm not just going back to the old hope that I don't want to be. And, and those are just some of the things that I've done to kind of help me move forward. Yeah. So good. I mean, anytime you meet someone successful, there's always those type of things. Like there's some sort of routine or there's some, some sort of 
obviously it's strategy to pick you back up because it's not like we don't fall. It's just, we get back up. And I think that's really important as far as whether it's, you know, niching your business, or I like to say cloning your ideal clients or whatever it is to attract the right people. I think a, a bigger takeaway here, you know, beyond that is, is screw what everybody thinks, first of all, like, because they don't know. And I think there's another, another interesting lesson about that guy is like anyone who's leaving negative comments, like, I, I'm sorry, they have a lot of crap going on. Like, I'm, I kind of feel it's sorry for them. them it's always about them. And it's like, man, like, you know, I have clients that I'm like, if they take the time to like say these things, you know, I I have a a Facebook ad where I'm wearing this white dress and this one woman commented, like, I can't look at, like, I can't even pay attention because the zipper is crooked. And I've, I've gone through like plenty, you know, and of like, like How dare you comments, dare you but like, I didn't zipper. even, I wasn't even like phased by that, you know, but I was like, I was like, Oh, I didn't notice that. I just noticed, noticed my little pooch, you know, like, because we all see flaws in ourselves and then everybody else sees flaws in others that really are a reflection of them. So it's like, like, it doesn't really phase me that much anymore. Some, I shouldn't say that on some comments, you know, but I, cause I know logically that it's just like, it's just a reflection of them. It's typically the ones that are saying, oh yeah, right. This is going to work. You know, they're the ones that are broke. You know, if they're teaching someone how to make money and they're skeptical about the, that it's going to actually work, then they're probably broke. You know, all these things that like comes down to, they're just reflecting. And it's, and it's kind of sad that they have to do that. And I've kind of feel sorry for them. But at the same time, it's like, we have to be strong within ourselves to be able to stand up and for what we believe and what we want. And I love that you said that like, if you don't get what you want, you probably didn't really want it. Yeah. Like uh, one of my, uh, actually a coach back in the day, like when I was single, I was single for like tw- 10, 10 years in my twenties to thirties or something like that, 25 to 35, something like that. And, um, and I would, I was talking to my coach, my business coach about it, of course, like, it's never about business, like you said. And he was like, Oh, you just, you didn't want to date him. Like you completely sabotaged that. Like you don't really want to date that guy or you don't really want to be in a relationship right now. And I'm like, yes, I do. And he's like, "Mm, no, you don't. And I'm like, no, yeah, I really do. I really want a boyfriend. Like I really like that guy. He's like, no, you just push them away. You've pushed them all away because they're not good enough for you. And, and, and he's like, rightly so like go find the person, whatever. And so it was just like, oh yeah, crap. Like and even in my business recently, and I was going to say this earlier, is like I was I was having cash flow problems, and it was like I was talking to my COO, and one day I was like, like this, like this sucks. Nothing's working. Nothing's working. And she's like, Can you please not keep saying that? And know, and we keep each other like handle. We talk to each other like every day. And I was like, Ash. I just need to be negative right now. Just let me be negative right now. I will get over it. But I just need to be negative right now. And it was like, you know, I, it was like the same day I cried or whatever. And then it was like, no big deal within like, I, we had a, we just had an event like a week and a half later and I had a six figure event and we're back on top. But it was like, okay, I just had to like, let myself experience it, beat myself up for a minute and then move on. And it's not like it doesn't happen. It happens all the time. The difference I think between people who are successful and people who are not, or like being able to get what you want and not is that there's like, you don't stay there for long because you can't. And if you think about, and this, I think will bring it back full circle to going back to who you're known for and, and really getting clear on who you want to help 
is that when you focus on helping those people, like when you thought about those truck drivers who, those mother truckers who really needed your help. And like, if they didn't get your help, they're going to be in pain, physical pain, emotional pain, feeling like they can't get out of it. Like they're all alone on the road. Like there's so many, I mean, I can get in that headspace of that trucker, like very easily to think about like how much, you know, like these women in the industry think they're on an Island because they're in a, in a, Oh, my dog is like really trying to get through here. Um, they're, they're in a, uh, in an office, let's say with all men or they're in their, their home or whatever, but it's like, these guys are on the road, like 24 seven, like with no one to talk to guys, gals, I'm sure they're gals as well. But it's like, if you think about that person, you as the expert and you're like, wow, like here's how I can change that, that person's life. And there will always be haters. It's like the only way you know you're making a real impact is that you have haters. If you don't have anyone who's not, who's, if no one's negatively commenting on your stuff, if you're not getting people who are like, no, this doesn't make sense. If you don't get any pushback and no complaints, you are not taking enough risk. And like, if you keep focusing on the people you want to help and get known for something and who you more about who you help, not who you are, then you can have whatever you want because it's all just, uh, it's just a transfer of value. It's like a validation of, of the value you bring to the world. I went off on a tangent right there, but I just had to I go off on it. Taking the pressure off yourself, essentially, by I'm hyper obsessed with my clients and, and their problems and the solutions and the results they want. And, it, and in doing that, it also takes the pressure off me of being perfect because it's not about me, like you said, it's about them. And what do we all love most? when people focus on us, you know, whether we, we want that surface and superficially or not, but it's like, we want to be seen, we want to be heard. And by doing that and serving your clients in the best way, you know, how like, dude, I'm a college dropout. I don't know everything, but I know what I do know. I'm really good at. And I know the things that I'm really good at. I can 10 X them. Like I can take them to the next level. That also is part of staying in your lane. Like if you're in the financial world, maybe you're really good with retirement, but not so great with taxes. Like no one said you need to be the expert on taxes, be the expert on retirement. Like if you're in the fitness world and you're really good at yoga or a particular style, then own that lane. No one said you have to be good at it all. When that person is like, oh, you don't know a stanga. And I was like, no, I don't know a stanga. Like, but I do know this and I'm really good at this. And the people that are looking for this, mm-hmm. I can help them. And it just takes the pressure off of you trying to be everything to everyone. And this idea of staying in your lane, this idea of being good at one thing actually doesn't box you in. It actually creates, creates the freedom for you to go and do great things. And as you advance, as you pass go, as you collect the $200 in Monopoly, you can actually start adding things to your resume as you build that credibility. And you'll know when you're at that place because people will start asking you, can you help me do what you did? Can you help me figure that out? Wow, how did you get there? Like, you'll know because people, like you said, are asking, they're actually coming to you. And that to me is oftentimes the best indicator that you are on the right path and that you are staying in the right lane. Love it. So good. Thank you so much. Tell them how to find you. I mean, uh, you can all the truckers out there. You can find me at mothertruckeryoga.com. We're on social. You can find me Mother Trucker Yoga or Hope Zavara, that's Z-V-A-R-A, and check out more about what we're doing. Awesome. Sounds great. I think you'll get some value even if you're not a trucker. I'm pretty sure you should follow her. So check it out. Um, Also, if you want to know more about this idea of getting more ideal clients, um, you can go back to the episode called How to Find and Clone Your Ideal Client. That's, um, I don't know the number here, but it was on 
November 2nd, 2022. So you can go back to that one and specifically walk you through how to get clear on who that person is that you want to attract and how to clone them like magic. So come back again next week. We'll see you here on Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. Thanks again. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.